0: This is episode 92 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today we'll be talking about planning a retreat. Welcome to the Christian Travelers Network, where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Hey Christian Travelers, I'm so glad that you are here. We have an awesome guest, Sarah Geringer, and we are going to be talking about some of the aspects that go into planning a writing retreat and really a lot of other retreats for that matter. But before we dive into that, I want to once again point you to our website, ChristianTravelers.net. There you'll find other faith and travel resources our ultimate travel kit to help plan your own vacation with friends and of course links to our social media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and of course podcasts. But without further ado, Sarah Geringer is a speaker, podcaster, artist, and author of Transforming Your Thought. She is on the devotional writing teams for Proverb 31 Ministries, A Wife Like Me Devotable, Hopeful Living, Kingdom Edge Magazine, and Women to Women Ministries. When she's not reading over 100 books per year, Sarah enjoys painting, baking, gardening, and playing the flute. She lives in southeast Missouri with her husband and three children. Her daily must-haves are hot tea, dark chocolate, and fresh flowers. Hey, Sarah, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I'm so glad to be here with you.
0: Yes. So tell us a little bit about yourself and some of
1: your travel experiences. Okay. Well, I have really deep roots here in Southeast Missouri. I'm the fifth generation to live in the same square mile here. Uh, that's that's very common for a lot of people who live in my area. and uh, But I have not ever traveled out of the United States. Um, I had uh, two different opportunities in college and things changed. Uh, one was a travel warning. I was going to be a uh, mission trip to Bosnia in the 90s, and then there was um, a travel warning from um, the U.S. Capitol that trip was canceled. And then again, uh, in college, I was uh, going to travel to Paris with a group of other art students, and then uh, the money didn't come through for me. So uh, I was a starving artist at the time. So um, I think uh, in time, if when it's God's will, he'll have me travel outside the U.S. But within the U.S., um, mostly I've traveled in the Midwest, the South. Uh, I lived two years um, on Lookout Mountain, Georgia. That's right outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. I lived there when I went to Covenant College. Uh, The last couple summers, uh, we've traveled north, which is such a treat. It's a it's an escape from the oppressive humidity and heat that we have in the Midwest. So, um, it's fun. We've gone to Milwaukee and we did like a food tour there and caught a brewer's game and also a wonderful family trip to Chicago. So I think one of my favorite trips of all time was going to Washington, D.C. when I was 15. I think that's a great, time of your life to go to our nation's capital because you're studying all the American history. And so a lot of the uh, references made sense to me at the time. That was really uh, an enjoyable trip. And then as I was telling you, we just got back from a trip to Gulf Shores, Alabama over Christmas vacation. So uh, that was a wonderful chance to just kind of enjoy the ocean in the middle of the winter. So, a little bit of snapshot for me there.
0: Nice. It really sounds like God has blessed you with opportunities to explore your home country. And um, I think sometimes we can forget just the blessing that our own home place is. Right. Yeah. So, outside of traveling, you've also gotten the opportunity to lead some writing retreats. Can you tell us how you got? involved with that, how that began?
1: Sure. So in um, 2017, I uh, attended a writer's retreat hosted by my friend Susie Eller, and I loved it. I loved every moment of it. I loved meeting other like-minded women and just fellowshipping together and having some time to unplug from my busy schedule. After I attended that, I think the Lord planted a seed in my heart and just said, why wouldn't you consider hosting one? So I worked for nine years as an event coordinator of a local home and garden show here in uh, Southeast Missouri. So I had a lot of event planning experience. I had also organized some like simulcast events at my church. So I had the skill set for event planning. And I thought if I could host a low budget uh, retreat with a lot of a uh, teaching element for writers who are not quite as far along on their journey as me, uh, that would be very fulfilling to me and it would be very helpful to them. And so I started planning a retreat right here in my hometown. My mom had hosted some like cooking weekends. She's uh, She's got a catering business on the side. So she had hosted some cooking weekends with her friends at this retreat center. And she encouraged me to, to check with them to see if they had availability. And so I did. And it was a kind of a cabin uh, or a main, a main house with some uh, lodging in the house. And then Some tiny one-bedroom cabins also on the retreat center. So it was really ideal. Decided to limit the group to 12 people. And that's a really good number for a writer's retreat. Because then you can interact with every single person who attends. And everyone can really get to know one another. So I just got the ball rolling on that. And I started just posting on Facebook um, about it. And it wasn't long before I had my 12 people signed up.
0: That's really awesome. And I like how uh, attending a retreat got you to think, well, what's stopping me? Mm-hmm. Um, and how can God use my talents, your your experience with event planning and other areas to benefit others as well? Right.
1: Yeah. Right. So, I wanted the women to leave, to all leave with some takeaway uh, that they could apply either to their writing craft or to their uh, social media management, or even maybe their networking or writing a book proposal, something like that. And so each woman came with a different need, and I felt like each one of them left inspired in a different way.
0: Absolutely. And that objective that you're talking about for them and also for yourself um that kind of makes me wonder how did you start where would you suggest starting and planning a retreat is it setting that objective or how would you begin planning a retreat
1: well i didn't start from scratch um, my friend julie Peiffer, uh, she has a ministry called loving christ ministries she actually attended the event and we had been online friends for a long time, but she pretty much her niche is women's retreats. So I encourage you to go to her uh, site, like Loving Christ Ministries, and check out her templates. So I bought one of her um, PDF guides and it had everything in it. It had like the, the registration forms and ideas for meals and games that you could play all kinds of ideas and so it was nice to have that uh, tool because it it helped me not have to spend hours and hours and hours uh researching and pulling stuff up online that wasn't necessarily um related to what i needed i think i have a post with that link to her workbook, and so I can share that with you. Julie is uh, an expert, I think, in hosting retreats, and she has tons of ideas on her site. So I was really grateful, not only that I got to use her information, but then meet her and interact with her at at the retreat itself.
0: That's really awesome to have that connection and to have that resource, and we'll definitely put that in the in description below so that you guys can all benefit from that as well when planning your own retreat. When it came to kind of choosing what you were going to do during your time, I know a lot of it was writing-based. How did you go about making those decisions?
1: Well, I'm a member of a local writer's guild. I have been a member since 2013, and so every month we members of the group take turns leading uh, you know, a 20-minute presentation or something and uh, just different topics. And so I kind of knew the kind of topics that resonated with uh, that group of writers at all different levels. And so I kind of shaped my talk for the retreat based on the response that I had gotten from my Writers Guild. And uh, that really helped, I think. I also took, I had written some posts on my blog uh, specific to writing, uh, writing tips. And so I also just took that information and turned it into a presentation. And they, they appreciated all of that. That was a good portion of the prep time for it. But the benefit of doing that was... Uh, for There were some people who lived too far away or um, couldn't afford the trip. And so what I did is I turned that presentation into like a 30-page workbook, and I just sold it for a much lower price than attending the retreat on my site. And I also included uh, – we just – Uh, took a video of one of the presentations and then batched that in with the printable workbook. And so then people could uh, experience it kind of at their own pace by going through that workbook and watching the video. So one of my friends that did that, she lived in Florida, so she couldn't she couldn't uh, get a flight that was cheap enough. I was shocked that she would want to leave Florida to come to Missouri in springtime. But uh, she was she was very motivated. So she bought the course and she just raved over uh, how helpful it was to her and how convenient it was for her to uh, use that online resource since she couldn't be there in person.
0: Yeah. And that's really awesome to provide that gift of the retreat in so many different ways and forms that is still beneficial to your audience.
1: Right, right. So um, that's something that we can all, you know, think about. Uh, Why not make multiple options available so that the, the greatest number of people can benefit?
0: Absolutely. And that's even applicable with this pandemic. Many retreats
1: have Uh, taken on different forms um, as a result, too. That's correct. Um, In March, I was supposed to, March 2020, I was supposed to travel to Omaha to speak at Retreat for Farmers' Wives, and it got canceled, but what we did is we did it via Zoom instead. And I think all the ladies appreciated that because they still wanted to, quote-unquote, gather, Uh, Mm -hmm. but... They just couldn't do it in person. And so it was nice that they could do a mini talk with me uh, through a Zoom call. So yeah, you can, you can get creative. And I think people since last March have gotten a lot more comfortable uh, using Zoom. So I think they're more open to that idea than they were in the beginning when it was kind of intimidating for a lot of people. So yeah, that's a wonderful option. And you don't have to necessarily record things and upload them. You could just have live uh, Zoom calls. You can really go in a lot of different directions depending on what you're wanting to do. And then within your retreat, how
0: did you combine some faith elements within your event? Well,
1: what we did, uh, we started with... um, a devotion, and then a song, like we would sing together a hymn, just a acapella. Um, and I played my flute a little bit too. And then after lunch, we would do the same thing. And I knew I, I specifically made this a Christian writer's retreat. And so I kind of wove that theme in to the content as well. So like, some of the, the sessions, one of them was called Spiritual Development for Christian Writers. So that's very specific. You wouldn't necessarily give that topic at a secular conference, of course, but some Christian writers want that kind of content. So I made sure to do a blend of both just very practical uh, tips for them, as well as spiritual tips, because I think that's very, very important. Since as Christian writers, were we're following a calling that God puts on our hearts. And so we've got to make sure we're nurturing ourselves in the word and in devotional um, quiet time with him, not just producing content. And
0: that can be such a hard thing. I think for really anyone, Um, it can be so easy to get enticed into creating content, um, maybe even producing retreats or whatever um, it is that you do. And it can be so easy to leave behind that faith element. But like you said, remembering our calling, remembering why we're planning a retreat, remembering why we're doing what we're doing um, for the Lord uh, really helps put things back into focus.
1: Yeah, we all have to be um, you know, we all like sheep have gone astray, and so we have to get back on track every single day. You know, and and fill ourselves up with uh, God's presence and His word so that we can pour out of that place. And it, like you said, it's very easy to get uh, lulled into thinking, well, this this substitutes for my devotional time. I'm I'm making this podcast or I'm, this video or this blog post, but that's not the same thing. You know um as getting still before the lord and and opening yourself up to uh, the holy spirit's um leading in your in your walk i feel like um
0: i can really relate to that uh i'm a youth director or was serving in that position for a while and it was so easy to think oh i'm writing this devotion for someone else but that doesn't mean that i was impl- applying what, that to myself so I really like what you said there, that we need to have that quiet time with him, too. Yeah. Yeah. From this event, you ended up leading a conference as well. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came about?
1: Yeah, that was something I did not uh, anticipate coming out of this, but it was such a neat blessing that resulted. So one of the ladies that attended this retreat is my friend Amanda Flynn she, I am a, I'm an Enneagram one. So Enneagram ones are very responsible and they're kind of the Martha's of the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, and she's an Enneagram four. So she's very, uh, creative and, um, she's more of the people person than I am, I think, even Mm -hmm. though she's an introvert. And so we talked about using our strengths to host a a small writers' conference here because uh, one of the writing conferences that had been here before had gotten canceled uh, because one of the leader's uh, husbands died and she moved away and there was really no one capable of filling her shoes because she was so accomplished. And that conference had uh, agents and publishers attend, and Amanda and I talked about we don't want to go that far uh, right now. Uh, We just want to host something that helps beginning and intermediate writers network with one another and just gain some skills in terms of developing their craft, in terms of learning the industry and uh, working on social media. So more of the basic stuff, not necessarily the higher level things. And so uh, Amanda had hosted just a handful of one day workshops. So she had her group of people and then I had my group of people. And so we combined that and invited those people to this uh, little conference that we had in October of this year. And even though it was a pandemic, um, at that point, the numbers were relatively low in our area, the infection rate. uh, We actually didn't experience the surge until November, about three weeks later. Um, And so we felt very comfortable Uh, hosting this conference, I think we had about 25 attendees total. Again, that's a nice number uh, because it's small enough that people can really network together well. And most of them were coming from within a hundred mile radius or so. So it would be possible for them to meet up for coffee another time or even form critique groups after that. So it was, that was the purpose that we were trying to serve for this local conference. And it was the first time we're doing it. We, we want to make it an annual event. And so we're hoping as time goes by that the spread and the reach will go out further. Uh, And we had, Uh, Amanda and I both spoke at the event, and then we also had um, five or six different other local speakers, uh, and they all talked on a different aspect of either social media or writing, and everybody really liked that. They had said, you know, we wish there had been an option to watch all of the presentations afterward. That's kind of something that's happening now with all the video capabilities that, you know, like you can buy even an online conference, you can buy like the base package and then you can buy the other one where you can watch all the videos of all the presentations later on demand. And so she and I were talking about how we could make that happen next time. But Mm -hmm. I think um, just something I want to say about that is, you know, don't put the pressure on yourself that it has to be perfect or that every single I has to be dotted and every T has to be crossed. And this is coming from a type A perfectionist, you know. Um, But I think that as you host something, you will learn uh, every time. You'll learn either by surveys that you give your attendees or just your own reflections or maybe talking among the retreat presenters of things to do again, things to tweak, things not to do again, and you can always make those adjustments the next time around. It does not have to be perfect. I think especially after this pandemic is over, people are going to be starving for in-person contact and so I think they're gonna be very accepting of just fellowshipping together. Are you looking for a
0: faith-based resource for your next travel adventure? Look no further than the Ultimate Travel Kit. This kit includes activities and supplies for large group, small group, and individual travel devotions. It is great for ages high school through retired adults. And it is very easy for leaders to incorporate around any travel itinerary. For more information, go to christiantravelers.net
1: slash ultimate travel kit. I think, you know, every retreat needs structure, but I know a lot of people put a lot of pressure on themselves uh, to make it perfect. And it really doesn't have to be. I think if you are relaxed and enjoying the retreat yourself as the host, you are going to put all the attendees at ease and they will feel more more comfortable to be themselves as well if you... comfortable in your own skin as the host it was great to have a co-host for that event because neither one of us had to share the or had to carry the whole burden of it so that was that was a good idea too i think if you can find somebody who you can delegate some things to uh, that can also help you become more at ease and just offer a whole better experience for everybody
0: on top of that, just putting it in God's hands and knowing that we're human, we'll make mistakes. But uh, God has hes put you in charge of these people for this retreat or this conference. He's brought them there for a reason, put you there for a reason. And no matter what mistakes are made, he's still going to work through you. and And that's also important, too. Sarah, is there anything else that you would like to talk about in terms
1: of retreat planning or anything like that? Well, I would just say enjoy the process. Um, I think it's fun to plan retreats and, you know, reward people that decide to come. I made sure that everyone had at the retreat that I hosted, I, um, like, We talked about the beginning, I'm an avid book reader. And so I get a lot of books for free from publishers for reviewing them. So I took a huge stack of books to the retreat. And I just said, everybody can pick three, you know, and take them home. And they loved that because writers are readers. So uh, everyone loved the fact that they could take, you know, a high value gift home with them. Uh, My mom, like I said, she's got a catering business, so she loved on us through the food. I think the food is kind of important um, (laughs) because I'm a foodie myself. So Mm -hmm. I think offering a quality selection of food will just make people feel loved and relaxed. Uh, One of our people that attended the retreat has Lyme's disease, so she had some pretty specific Um, food allergies, but we accommodated that and that that was fine. And she felt um, she didn't have to bring her own food because she felt great that we were able to accommodate her needs. And uh, then at the writers conference that I hosted too, uh, we just, we ordered Chick-fil-A for lunch. I don't really know anyone who doesn't love (laughs) Chick-fil-A and People went bonkers over that, you know, so just think about what you really like and what you know that people really like and just make it just a really enjoyable experience for them, whether it's with little gift bags, or the food or giveaways, something like that, it just adds a little, little spark of interest and, and keeps people engaged.
0: I have enjoyed hearing about retreats and your insight from your experiences. One of the questions I always ask our guests is, what has been your biggest God moment in all of your travels?
1: So when I went to the beach this, uh, this Christmas, I was reading this book called Sacred Rest by Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. And she was talking about how we need different kinds of rest, not just sleep. And that book has completely uh, revolutionized my thinking. And I actually think that retreats are a form of that kind of rest that we need to replenish ourselves uh, spiritually, socially, mentally, uh, physically. And we can really come back renewed and replenished from a retreat if we consider it a form of sacred rest. So I encourage everyone listening to check out that book called Sacred Rest, because I think you can learn some really valuable uh, tips from it.
0: Thank you, Sarah. We have really enjoyed having you on our podcast. Um, How can our listeners connect with you outside of this episode?
1: You can find me at my web- my website, uh, com. All my socials, all my books, my podcasts, everything is listed on that front page.
0: Well, thank you so much. And listeners, I hope that uh, you'll go out and plan a retreat and use some of Sarah's ideas. Thank you. Yes. Well, Christian Travelers, I hope that you've enjoyed today's episode. There is links below to the resources that Sarah has mentioned, as well as her
1: website and social media. Till next time, safe travels and God bless.